Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. I'm going to pray for you after our teaching time that God would be with you in whatever time you're going through. And uh, speaking of time, go back 35 years ago, I was uh, sitting on a porch overlooking the beautiful Pacific Ocean in uh, beautiful British Columbia, talking to my then brother-in-law who was outlining for me his view of time, his philosophy of time in his life. And he basically divided his life up into three time frames. Uh, The first one was his education. He'd done a great job. He had his business degree now. And uh, the second one, though, says after education, it's your your work, you know, that time of your life where you just give yourself to your work. And was he ever successful at that? Very good at what he did, uh, very financially successful. And then he said after education that time and then the time for work, then came the third time frame. That was for family, That was for family. It sounded so neat and tidy, just so organized. You know how you sort of hear something, it sounds so good, you sort of wonder, maybe I should be doing something like that. I had that kind of feeling. And and yet 35 years later, uh, it's a good time now I can assess how organizing those three time frames in his life really has worked for him. And uh, it was early in his work years where he married my sister. Uh, They had two wonderful uh, children, have a niece and nephew there. And uh, he and my sister became distant. He was so busy at work. And then they actually became divorced. Uh, His son suddenly and tragically died. Uh, I, I did the funeral out in Vancouver. His life was just cut short. Uh, And he was so given to his work in that time of his life that uh, he never really got to know his daughter. There's still a distance there. I remember when she was uh, visiting my wife and I at our place in the Perry Sound area in Ontario. And we were out in the canoe and we came back and, you know, when she was leaving, she said it was so good to see, you know, a married couple that get along like you guys do. And... uh, I look back at that time and uh, I realize there are really two hidden costs, two hidden costs when it comes to time. One is uncertainty, uncertainty. You can plan out your life and it can look like such a pretty plan, but so many things can go wrong. So many wheels can come off uh, and derail those plans. Along comes sickness or uh, a tragedy or a loss or inflation. Along comes COVID, right? And then irretrievability. You you can't get time back. You don't get to do redos on lost time. You you just end up with regrets. Well, today is the last teaching in a series where we've seen that there are hidden costs in work 
and family and uh, sex and money and time. Uh, time is like money in one way. You can waste it, you can spend it, and you can save it. But time is different from money in this sense. Once you spend time, you can't get it back. You can't earn it back. You cannot retrieve it. It is irretrievable. And so in the Bible, there's a writer by the name of James that identifies these two hidden costs of time, the uncertainty and the irretrievability. Listen to him. He says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we're, we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Now, what we just read from was a translation into the English language from the Greek language. Why Greek? Because that's what all the New Testament writers wrote in. That was the language they wrote. That was the language that Jesus talked in a Koine Greek, as it was called at the time, different somewhat than the Greek language today. And in that Greek language, watch this, they use two different words for time. We only use that one word for time. They had two words. One was chronos, and the other one was kairos. Now, you might recognize chronos, chronological, and that was it. It was time that came from, you know, watches and calendars. It's a sequence, it's a chronology of time, whereas kairos is the right time, the chosen time, the appointed time. That, that's the context that kairos was used when it was defining time to people that were written to or spoken to in Jesus' time. And then uh, the, the, it's very interesting how uh, clocks and calendars and the orbits of the earth and the moon sort of help us find our chronological time. My wife and I are, are building a, a smaller home uh, to live in up on that same little lake in the Perry Sound area. And uh, if you've done some building, and you've ordered windows, you, you know that the supply chain, as a matter of fact, I, I've been saying to Esther, we're gonna get in by the fall, we'll have it built this summer, and, uh, and yet I just found out this past week that it's gonna take until the end of November, beginning of December, before we can get the windows, even if we order them right now. You know, so I had to go, but how am I going to explain this to Esther? So I told my wife, I said that, uh, listen, I promised you that we'd have a roof over your head by the fall. I didn't promise you that we have any windows on that, on that building that we're going to live in. Anyway, 54 times in the New Testament, Kronos is used. Kairos, 86 times. So, so they're both used a lot in the New Testament. And they're both used a lot in the vocabulary, the uh, communication of Jesus. Jesus uh, speaks of the quantitative time sometimes, but he also speaks of that, that opportunity time. You know, that appointed time, that special opportunity. Jesus speaks of the right season. If you've read the Gospels, you've heard him speak about the ripeness of harvest. You know, harvest comes, but then there's a time where that harvest becomes ripe. That's the kairos time. 
uh, we have a garden on our property and my wife just didn't think the frost was going to hit this year. So she seemed to be right. She went ahead and planted. But we didn't go out uh, the, the next few days and look for a harvest. We, we wait if, till the right time, the, the appointed time. That time is coming where we will reap that harvest of what has already been planted. Now, over the years, though, I have heard Bible teachers contrast Kronos and Kairos. And uh, here's sort of the way it goes. You know, Kairos always came out on top because, uh, you know, Kronos was like boring. You know, what time is it? What's the date today? You know, it's just chronological. It's just one plotting day after the other. The, the calendar time, boring. What time is it? You know, yawn. Whereas Kairos time is, is seizing the opportunity. It's where the real action is over there. And I've heard, you know, redeem the time for the days are evil. You know, quoting some Bible verses. Work for the night is coming when no one can work. The bottom line is, you know, stop trying to live in Kronos time. Live your life for Jesus in Kairos time. And so last week when I was studying for this teaching for you, I was so sure that Jesus only did Kairos time because for him, he always wanted to be at the right time and say and do exactly what God wanted him to do in the right time. Every day, Jesus was seizing the opportunities, right? Isn't that your picture of what Jesus would be about? So I went to the part of the New Testament that talks about the birth of Jesus. You're right back to the beginning of the life of Jesus. And remember the Christmas narrative where the wise men saw the star at just the right time and then Herod wanted to know, you can read it, he wanted to know the exact time that the star appeared. Uh, you know, he had his own uh, reasons. He wanted to do away with this uh, competition uh, king. But at the same time, he uses th that word, the exact time that the star appeared. And I knew that that's got to be Kairos. It's just got to be the right time that star. You know what the word is? Kronos. Kronos. It's just the right time. Over time, the calendar and the years and the centuries, that, that star appeared. And so I just kept reading through and finding that so many times where I thought it should be Kairos, where Jesus acted at the right time, instead it was Kronos. You can fast forward to where Jesus talks about the end times. When Jesus is going to return... And that time that's known only to the Father and where he says, he told the story where he, he, he will say, well done, you good and faithful servant, enter into heaven. And I mean, if there's ever a time that's gonna be exciting and the appointed time, the right time it's gonna be here, guess what the word is used there? Kronos, Kronos, not Kairos, Kronos. Now, and I knew that verse in Paul, I went right over to Galatians, a letter that Paul wrote to Christians in Galatia. And I, I knew it talked about the, the fullness of time, the pleroma of time, the word is in the Greek. And, and, and here's how the verse says it. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman. Do you know what the word is? <laughs> Kronos. Kronos. Not Kairos. So, so, so we need to back up here and understand that, watch this now, time is the creation of God. We, you know, it's not pantheism. God's not in matter and energy and in, 
in, in all things. We don't believe in pantheism. It's not what, how God reveals himself to humanity. God is eternal. We sang about it. God is spirit. He, he doesn't exist in a way where he's confined by the energy or the matter or the time that he created. He, he knows the end from the beginning. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. And time exists outside of God as a creation of him. And so God can just see all time at once. You know, he's literally got all the time in the world <laughs> right in his hands. You know, a man was speaking to God's silly story here, but he asked God in his conversation with him, God, is it true like the Bible says that one day to you is like a thousand years. And God said, yes, that's true. And he went on to say, then God, would it not be true then that a million dollars to us would be just be like a, a dollar to you? And God says, yes, that's true. And then the guy says, he thinks he's got God cornered. And he says, well, God, then can I ask you to give me a dollar? And, and God responds and says, oh, yes, Sure. I'll do it for you in a day. Just wait one day. <laughs> the first chapter of the Gospel of John is so beautiful and poetic. It says that Jesus was with God, created everything that has been created. So time, energy, matter, all created by Jesus and his Father, God. And then it says that the, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, came to earth. Watch this now. That means he left the eternal time zone where there's no time and entered into the time that he created, <laughs> entered into the matter that he himself created. He became one of us. Jesus left eternity to enter our chronos. And watch this now. When he does, when Jesus becomes one of us, entering into time and matter, Jesus shows us how to live our chronos for God. He shows us how to do it. Remember when we looked at the, uh, the, the, the hidden cost of family earlier in this series, we saw that Jesus spent 30 years of his life at home helping out his uh, mom and, and siblings and helping provide for them, which means that Jesus took what would have been premium working years in his chronos, his calendar of his life, his limited days, Jesus prioritizes people. People like his family. You know, you know, maybe dad's not there. So the eldest son in the Jewish home just takes on the responsibility. Jesus is the eldest son in that Jewish home 30 years because Jesus uses his chronos to take care of people that are his responsibility. And he's called the carpenter, the builder. Now my Kairos mind wants to ask Jesus, why are you building stuff as a carpenter, as a builder, when you could be out healing people and telling people about the, the uh, eternal God and the love that he has for every one of us, wants to bring every one of us into that eternal life with him. What are you doing? You know, it's so much more important that you're out there. Um, telling people the good news of a God who loves them and wants forgiveness and heaven for them. You know, in the church, we, I, I've grown up in the church and we can often have this idea that if you're called to be a pastor 
or someone brings the good news to someone in another country that you're, you're really called of God, if you're a leader in Christ's church, man, that's, that's really um, using your time really effectively for God. But, but the rest of us, I'm in business or manufacturing or in uh, helping people medically. I'm in sales. I'm in public service or teaching. I'm in the corporate world. I'm self-employed. You know, that, that's secular work. And that's, that's sort of inferior, you know? It's not, that's not the best opportunity, best use of your life. That's not the kairos work of your life. I like how Martin Luther put it. Listen to what he said. He said, the Christian shoemaker does his duty not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes. You know, how many know that Jesus can shine through every one of us in our work? Remember Pastor Jonathan's message on work? Jesus can shine through every one of us as we do our work <laughs> responsibly, effectively, joyously as a witness for him. He, he works productively, Jesus does, whether he's a carpenter or, or the rabbi, bringing the good news to others. Jesus works pr productively and Jesus rests regularly. He... Uh, he managed his time, you know, from work and rest. And you know there's a lot of time management resources. You've probably been part of those courses in your, in your workplace at least once. But uh, I read one article that said this, listen, about time management. They said, if you get paid $25 an hour, then it makes no sense to wait in a line for 30 minutes to get a $10 gift card, you know. I, I have a friend... Uh, and his Italian family got together every fall to make uh, their own tomato sauce. And they'd, you know, get the tomatoes and they'd boil it on the stoves and they'd uh, jar it, they'd can it. And, uh, and he said, he was an accountant. <laughs> you have to know this guy, he's an accountant. And so he, he noticed the time involved to do all of this that the family was putting in every year. And he calculated how much it would cost just to go to the store and get the tomatoes, how much were they really saving? And he found it would be cheaper to, to go to the store and get the tomatoes. I, I told him that taking time to calculate all that, two things, it probably wasn't a, a very good use of his time, that's what I told him. But there's other things that are more valuable, the family time together that he was also not factoring in. Jesus knew what it was to work, but he knew what it was to, to, to rest and, and value people. Jesus, the Bible says, observed the Sabbath. One day a week where he, he took it. It says, as was his custom. He was in the synagogue on the Sabbath. He, he took uh, walks in nature. You've read the Gospels, or if you have, you've seen it there. You know, he, he'd go on a retreat with his disciples up to Caesarea Philippi, beautiful area in northern Israel. He'd say, come apart and rest a while, or you'll come apart completely. He, he took time with Father God at the beginning of each new day. People go looking for him, couldn't find him. He, he was spending time with Father God. That, that's, you know, the, a really good use of your time and my time is just every day thinking thankful thoughts. Just thinking, Lord, what do I have to be grateful for today? Jesus did that every day of his life. And there were times that Jesus wasn't available to people because he was spiritually replenishing. You know, maybe you've heard me say before, a, a person who's always available isn't worth much when they are. 
And Jesus was so effective when he was with people because he wasn't always available. Sometimes he was replenishing his soul. He was communicating with Father God. And Jesus would rest regularly. And then Jesus would plan his calendar carefully. You can read, there's one time people said, stay with us, Jesus. And you know what Jesus said? Other sheep. I have other sheep that are not yet in the fold. I must bring them also. You see that? He, he, he leaves one thing because he, he's, he's got this plan, this mission that he must fulfill. He planned his travels and teaching around the three annual Jewish feasts, the Passover harvest and the Feast of Pentecost. He planned, he, he planned his chronos, his calendar, carefully. Remember how he chose the 12 and then he trained them and then he sent them out with the 72 and trained them. Jesus was, was going somewhere. He was meeting objectives in the first, second, and third year of his public ministry. After, in the third year, after he was transfigured, uh, that account is in, in, in the Gospels. He totally changed directions then. He moved into a whole different chapter of ministry. He entered the final part of his mission. He began to move towards Jerusalem where he would give his life for us as our Savior. So, so, so listen, wherever uh, there were family responsibilities works responsibilities, day-to-day -day prayer times, fulfilling objectives that God had for him in his daily routines. Jesus knew how to live his chronos for God. It wasn't an inferior way of doing time from the kairos, opportune time. Jesus, listen, Jesus is at work as you live your daily life for him. You do your relationships, your work life, your rest, your leisure, your calendar for him. Jesus is at work. He's shining through you in all of these areas. Now, some of you may recall my brother in Halifax uh, went to be with the Lord uh, suddenly, had a heart attack uh, two years ago, the night before Good Friday, two years ago. And, uh, but because of COVID, we couldn't do a memorial service. Family tr couldn't travel across Canada to be in Halifax until last month. And that's where I was last month. And uh, family was there across from across Canada. But do you know who else was there? Over 25 people made the almost four hour round trip from the lake home that my brother and his wife lived on, Maliga Lake, Nova Scotia, and, and, and others from Maliga Lake that couldn't get there, they joined online. They were talking about two years later. What, what was there in that relationship with my brother? Why did they show up? Because of the relationship my brother had with them. They saw my brother do Kronos time. Everyday re relationships with them they, they, they laughed with him. They did leisure with him. He was trustworthy. He cared for them. There was a respect there. Do you know my sister-in-law still is hearing from people from that Maliga Lake community who uh, were there and they keep talking about what a meaningful service, how much that service meant to them. I had the opportunity to tell about the faith of my brother and how Jesus died for us so that we could live forever with him and that my brother was with the Lord, explained the good news of Jesus to them. It was a Kairos moment, for sure. But it only happened because my brother David and his wife Darlene lived their Kronos authentically 
for Jesus. You see, Jesus arrived at just the right time in the Kronos, in our calendar, in our human history. Do you know that God has you on the planet for such a time as this, at just the right time to fulfill the purposes that he has for your life in this generation? Do you know that no one else, no pastor or church leader, however gifted they are, no one can do what you can do. No one can reach and touch the lives of people that you alone can uniquely touch. No one has your giftings or your opportunities. Don't discount your Kronos time. Live it for Jesus. It's not an inferior time. He'll shine through you and everywhere. Listen, you are on the planet at the right chronos to fulfill God's unique purposes for your life. All right, so that's chronos time. What about kairos time? Jesus shows us not only how to live our chronos time for God, he shows us how to live our kairos time for God. Now, when you see the word kairos used in the Greek language outside the Bible, it sort of sheds light on, oh, that's what people meant when they used that word inside the Bible. And one of the ways I found that they used it was in archery. You know, an archer would take the bow and arrow, and, and when, when the archer would stretch the uh, string back on the bow and get it to just the right position, just the right tension, and then, you know, be sensitive to the conditions. Was the wind blowing a certain way? Is the aim perfect? And at just the right time, he'd release the arrow to hit the target. That's the kairos time. That was the word that was used there, the kairos time. It wasn't a case of saying, okay, three, two, one, shoot. No, 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 no. You waited until the conditions were right when you were most in the position to precisely hit the target that you were going for. That's the kairos time. And at 30 years of age, Jesus made an announcement about kairos time. He said, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here and now. The time has come. Didn't you love that line from an illustration from Pastor Jonathan last week? The time has come to launch God's operating system in your life on planet Earth. The time has come. You, you, don't, you, you no longer have to live your lives in, in, in fear and, and, and confusion and brokenness, imprisoned by failures of the past. God's appointed time has come to liberate you, to, uh, to heal you, to empower you, to, to live a life that's going to make a difference on planet Earth. God's chosen time. Jesus wasn't referring to a chronos, a date on the calendar. He's saying this is kairos, this is God's time. If you've read the Chronicles of Nar Narnia, he's basically saying <laughs> Aslan is on the move. The kingdom of God is now open for business. All right, three questions before we pray about how you and I can live our time in this life, all right? For God, just like Jesus did. You know, one question can easily be, and uh, I've been asked in different words, but this was the question that was asked. Can I jump ahead of God's Kairos time, you know? Can I jump ahead? Well, it happened with Jesus' earthly brothers 
They were trying to get Jesus to go down to the Jewish festival for PR reasons, you know? Go show yourself, do miracles there. Let people see what you can do. You know, get down to the, don't stay here in Hicktown. Get down to the bright lights of the big city. And listen to what Jesus said. He uses the word kairos here. There's the heads up. Watch this now. Jesus replied to his brothers, now is not the right time. It's not the right kairos for me to go, but you can go anytime. He uses the word kairos. Your kairos is anytime. The world can't hate you, but it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on. I'm not going to this festival because my time, my kairos has not yet come. And yet his brothers... They were calling it a kairos. You know, Jesus says, you're, you're kairos. In other words, uh, we can see something as an opportunity and it's really not God's time to act. It's not the time for this to happen. You know, some people, they just jump at every opportunity. If it's an opportunity, I have to say yes to it. I used to be that way as a pastor, just trying to respond to everybody's need and do everything that I, I would burn out for Jesus. Jesus did not say yes to every Kairos opportunity that came along. Often he said no. Just because it's a, an opportunity, even a good opportunity, that doesn't mean that it's God's best for your life or it's the right time for it to happen in your life. Sometimes we can pray about an opportunity that we feel so excited about. And as we pray, we sense a reservation. It's not emotional, it's just a, a sense of something's just not quite right about the timing here, about proceeding. That can be God's spirit speaking to us and giving us a, a sense of no. It's not, it's not the kairos. Other times we may feel like I don't want to do something, but we pray and God's spirit speaks to us. Yes, move out in faith. Move on. We can sense it's the right moment to act. There's something so powerful when we respond to God's prompting and we say something in Kairos time. We do something in Kairos time. We help someone in Kairos time. Something so powerful, but, but we can jump ahead of God's. All right, second question. Can I miss God's Kairos window of opportunity? Well, it's exactly what happened to the religious establishment in Jesus' day. Listen to this. Jesus is going to Jerusalem now, right at the right time, in the last chapter of his three-year public ministry, and it says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. You did not recognize the kairos of God's coming to you. You didn't seize the opportunity. You didn't see it. You, you, you didn't see it. You missed the moment. The harvest was ripe, but you did not benefit from the ripened harvest. You know, they're too, too easily... Um, done bad uses of time where we just totally missed the kairos. One is when we worry about what might happen <laughs> and we're paralyzed by the fear. We're not gonna do that because what if this, what if, and yet it's the right thing to do when we worry about what might happen. Another time is when we regret, we regret what we cannot change. You know, we don't forgive ourselves and, and move on. We don't say, Jesus, cleanse me. I want to learn from this. I want to build on it. I want to be a better person for it. We can regret. Two, two bad uses of time. So that brings us to the third question. Before we pray for you in just a few moments, how do I make sure I don't miss 
God's kairos moments. How do I make sure that I can miss them, can be premature, or I can be behind? How can I make sure I don't miss God's kairos moments? You know, every day in Jesus' chronos, in his calendar, in his planning, every day he, he would pray to God. And then when he would go out and be with uh, people, he, he, he was always um, right on with uh, discerning what a person's issue was or, or the, his healing when he prayed for someone. They were always healed. Jesus was 100% successful. How, how, how did that happen? Because he prayed and he, then he would go and he listened to how he said it. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I'm only doing what, what God, I'm, a lot of things I could do, but I'm only doing what God wants me to do here. A lot of people's needs. A lot of times Jesus could have said something that he didn't. A lot of times he could have helped someone and he didn't. Remember how he delayed going to heal Lazarus? And he delayed to end up being an even greater miracle. You see, Jesus knows what he is doing. I, I was thinking of the um, students you students who, uh, whatever, you know, stage of education you're in, I was thinking of how your education has been so interrupted by COVID. And uh, a lot of you may feel like you've fallen behind or didn't get that quality of education. And a lot of that is true. You, you, you have lost. And you may feel that you've lost some of your, that, that chronos time, that calendar, that being able to progress and move ahead and accomplish things in your life. But you know what? God knows all about it. COVID didn't catch him by surprise. His hand is on your life. You're trusting him. And I want to say to you that, that as you handle that well, it'll be interesting to see years later to look back and see how you handled your Kronos time well. And God, God brought about opportunities for you because you trusted him with your time. And he brought you into things that otherwise you never would have been brought into. He will lead you. He will lead you as you trust him. He, he will do kairos time in your life when you trust him with your chronos time. The way to not miss God's kairos moments is to live every day for him in the chronos. You know, it's so true. We can have big plans in our lives and then it doesn't go according to plan. <laughs> There's loss of relationships, there's uh, work that doesn't work out. Wheels come off of things that we want to do. Sickness, health issues can come. I mean, who, and who hasn't dealt with delays these days and setbacks? You know, you can live your worst Kronos moments <laughs> by trusting Jesus. And listen to me, he'll bring something good out of it. He'll bring opportunities that never would have happened otherwise. None of us know how long we're going to have in this life. But there's opportunities that every one of us have that God does not want us to miss. We all have different lengths of life, all different experiences we're going to go through before we get to the end of our lives. My, my dad's dad died when he was 64. My dad died when he was 64. My brother that I talked about died when he was 67. I'm I'm 65.5 and I have so many plans, so many things that I want to do for Jesus. But I have a sense that whenever I go, <laughs> I'll, still have, I'll still have plans in my Kronos. I wanna seize the opportunities and 
when, for all that God wants me to do in my life to fulfill the purposes. But you know, one day I was reading. This was so helpful to me because I kept wondering why some people just seem to, you know, why do the good die young? You know what I'm saying? Why do people, when they could do so much good, why do they pass away? when there's so much more they could do. One day I was reading something that Jesus prayed to his father. Now listen to me, he was 33 years of age. And he, here's, and he prayed this, he said, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you, God, Father, here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Now, what? You know, I remember just thinking, Jesus, you're 33. <laughs> For every day you're on the planet, if you had to live till 40 at least, you could have healed and helped and brought into the kingdom so many more people, so many people freed up in this life and brought into heaven someday. For every day you lived on the planet, good things happen. How can you say the work was completed? The work was completed. But you know, let's just look at that verse again. Because Jesus says this, I, I brought you glory to you here on earth by completing the work. Watch this now. You gave me to do. You gave me to do. Was all the work done? No. But the work that Jesus was given to do by the Father, it was done. It, to us, it, it looks like he could have done so much more had he lived longer, but, but he completed the work that God gave him to do. Listen, none of us know how much chronos time that we're gonna have here on earth, but every one of us can make sure that we get better and better like Jesus, to be like Jesus. And seize the opportunities, those Kairos moments to say and do and live and be what, what he wants us to be. We can experience every Kairos moment God has for us. How? Just live all of your Kronos, <laughs> all of your days, your moments, your calendar years. Live them all for Jesus. I want to pray with you about the time that you're in right now in your life. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you first of all for coming into our Kronos and never missing any Kairos moments. Thank you that when we live our every days, our Kronos for you, <laughs> you'll help us, Lord, have opportunities, those, those moments uh, that, that are, are special, that are chosen by God. Help every one of us, Lord, to value our days, to use them wisely, to redeem the time amidst a, a very evil time on earth, to think and say and do what you want us to do, to use our time wisely, Lord. And we pray right now, Lord, for those that are in this gathering, that are right in the middle of a very tough time, a trial, a test maybe, but Lord, it's just tough. Maybe there's pain, maybe in their hearts or in their bodies. But Lord, we just pray that, Lord, that they would handle this time in such a way that you can bring good out of it, Lord. Lord, we live in a world with such hatred and racism and, and killing and, and pain and starvation. Lord, help us to use our time to make life better for other people, Lord. I pray especially for those that are, are going through a delay 
and maybe tempted to jump the gun <laughs> and just try and make a Kairos moment happen. I pray, Lord, for those that have had their plans turned upside down, that they would see in your life and your promises of, from the Bible that you are at work, Lord, in our lives as we trust you day after day in our Kronos time. Guide us, Lord, every one of us, so that when our time comes to be with you, we'll be able to say, Father, I've, I've finished the work on earth that you gave me to do. I pray this for each one of us, and I pray it to the glory and in the name and uh, that everyone would have the strength of Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen and amen. Love you, church. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing, both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.